When the Spanish women's football team won the World Cup, it took just a few minutes for a man to take the shine off it and make it all about him. That man was Spanish Football Federation president Luis Rubiales. And as you've probably heard, what he did was kiss Jenny Hermoso, one of Spain's players, on the mouth as the team were being handed their medals. Hermoso has stated that she didn't want to be kissed, she hadn't consented to it, and she didn't like it. But despite widespread condemnation, Rubiales can't accept he did anything wrong. Instead, he's calling Hermoso a liar and is clinging on to his job. Is it any wonder Spanish women are angry? This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, how the Rubiales affair unfolded and touched a raw nerve for Spanish women. I talked to Madrid-based journalist Guy Hedgecombe. One of the most remarkable things about this story is that I suppose it's still a story because last Friday, the man in the eye of the storm, Spanish Football Federation president Luis Rubiales was widely expected to resign when he addressed a predominantly male audience at a federation meeting. But he didn't announce his resignation. Guy, what happened there? Going into that meeting, it was widely reported that uh, Luis Rubiales was going to resign. That the feeling was that the pressure that was building up um, ahead of the meeting was such that he really didn't have any choice other than than to step down. The Spanish government had turned against him. Several government ministers had come out and and said that he should step down. And within the football world, the players were starting to rally around Jenny Edmoso. And so it, it felt as if his position was becoming untenable even by then. He surprised everyone um, by uh, remaining defiant. He said, I will not resign. He repeated it over and over again. No voy a dimitir. 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 Almost shouting it at one point. I will not resign. I will not resign. I will not resign. He said, I've done nothing wrong. He talked about the kiss. He said it had been consensual. Um, he gave us a completely contrasting version of events to, to that of Jenny Hermoso. Um, and he pretty much stunned the whole country by refusing to resign because even by then it looked as if his position was, was untenable. Um, if he'd gone on Friday, um, you know, things may have turned out very differently. Now, in the days since that remarkable address, and, you know, you don't have to be able to speak or understand Spanish to know what he was saying, there's been even more remarkable twists and turns. The Spanish prosecutor's office announced that it's investigating Luis Rubiales. Women got on the streets in Madrid and protested. His own organisation, which first supported him, then turned on him. And finally, Rubiales' mother has gone on hunger strike. Yes, Ángeles Bejar, his mother down in Motril, uh, in the south of Spain, she locked herself in a church and started a hunger strike. Um, and that was in protest of what she said was um, a, an inhumane witch hunt against her son. Why are they being so cruel to him? What is behind all this story? He is incapable of harming anyone. I believe a lot in God and I ask for the truth. I'll be here as long as my body lasts. I don't mind dying for justice. My son is innocent. And she basically gave the same arguments that he had given. She said he's done nothing wrong. The kiss was consensual and she appealed to Jenny and Mosso to, to um, change her version of events. 
Um, she said that this, this is all taking a terrible toll on the family. And so she uh, remains in, locked in that church, uh, as far as we know, carrying out that, that protest to defend her son. Look, to tell the story properly, let's go back to the World Cup final on Sunday, August 20. Spain reached the promised land. They are the champions of the world. And that was, in a sense, remarkable because coming into the competition, we had heard that there was a very fractious relationship between the team and the management. It was a very controversial relationship. Can you briefly explain the background to that before we move on, Guy? Well, about a year ago, there was a, a very public falling out between many of the players in the national team, female players in the national team, um, and the coaching staff um, and the, the head coach, Jorge Villa. And many of the players seemed to be upset at his methods, both on the pitch and off the pitch, they seemed to feel that you know, tactics were wrong, training was was not working out well, they didn't like the way training sessions went, and they didn't like the coaching setup overall, seemed to be the, the feeling um, that came out of this public spat between the coach, um, the coaching staff and many of the players. As a result of that, many of the players actually walked out on the national team, so they weren't going to play for it anymore. However, Jorge Vilda, the coach, remained in place and he remained in place in great part because Luis Rubiales backed him and he he was basically saying this is my man I've appointed him he's going to remain as coach whatever happens so going into this last world cup I think there was a lot of pessimism in Spain uh, people were feeling well you know the the team's been fighting you know with its own coaching staff a lot of the players have refused to play this is going to be an absolute disaster so I think people were absolutely stunned when Spain ended up lifting the cup at the end of it. Okay, so Spain won. Players are up getting their medals. They're lining up. The Queen is there, very jubilant mood. And then a video shows an encounter between Luis Rubiales and the Spanish player Jenny Hermoso. What does it show? It shows Luis Rubiales uh, congratulating Jenny Hermoso. Um, Then they share a hug and then uh, Luis Rubiales uh, grabs Jenny Hermoso by the head and kisses her on the mouth. And then she carries on her way after having received her medal. Um, and it's that, that kiss um, which is at the very centre of this, this whole storm. Now, the sequence of who said what about that incident in the hours and days that followed, can we go through it just step by step? Straight away, immediately, there was criticism. What did Hermoso and Rubiales themselves each say about the incident initially? Rubiales, as soon as he was aware of this criticism, quite soon afterwards, he gave an interview on um, a, a, a copy, which is a, a Catholic radio station in Spain. And he was very defiant, which is you know a, a characteristic of his. Um, and he defended himself and he was quite uh, critical of the people who'd been saying he shouldn't have kissed Jenny and Mosso. He called them basically idiots. And he said it was just a, just a bit of euphoria. It was in the heat of the moment. There, there was also footage of Jenny and Mosso in the dressing room after the game, sort of informal footage taken from a, a mobile phone in which she was talking to a teammate. And the, you know, the camera's moving around. You can't hear the audio very clearly. But they, she mentions this kiss and she says, you know, Rubiales, kiss me. And the other player says, well, you know, what did you think of that? And she said, well, I didn't like it. Uh, and you don't really see much more than that. Um, but 
once the storm had sort of started back in Spain and the backlash against Rubiales had really started to gather pace, he then issued a, uh, or posted a, a video apology. It seemed to be a very half-hearted po- apology because, for one thing, he was saying, well, this was just an act uh, um, you know, of euphoria. Um, there was no bad faith either on my part or on her part. Oh. So he really seemed to be... Um, talking in those sort of terms, which upset a lot of people. And it was one of those apologies, which is sort of, you know, if anyone does feel offended, then, you know, I I am sorry sort of thing, rather than being a, a full-hearted apology. It really f- seemed like um, he had been uh, sort of pressured into it. Also, a statement was issued um, by Jenny Hermoso, in which she seemed uh, to say um, that this was just a, you know, pretty much taking uh, Rubiales' line, that uh, this was uh, just a bit of fun, a bit of euphoria at the end of the game. Subsequently, um, that statement has been put, uh, has been very much questioned in terms of there's a feeling that um, either it was written by um, Mr Rubiales' people um, or pressure was put on Yeni Hermoso um, to, to issue that statement. There's still a bit of mystery surrounding it. Okay, so as the week wore on, that was Monday, as the week wore on, pressure was building. FIFA, that's the global football body, they announced it was opening disciplinary proceedings against Rubiales. Um, And then Spain's political leadership got involved, the government got involved. What did Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez say? Well, he he said uh, the apology was not sufficient. He said it didn't go far enough. Son insuficientes. That was seen as fairly significant because until then he'd been seen as an ally of Rubiales, someone who was sort of, in institutional terms, on his side. So by Friday, obviously, the pressure was building. There was a feeling that Rubiales' position was untenable and that he had to go and that he would go, in fact. But then, as we heard, he revealed he'd no intention of resigning. Can we talk a little about Rubiales? Um who is he and what's his background? Well, he's a, he's an ex-footballer. He he played only briefly in the top flight, so he's not a, he wasn't an elite footballer, but he had a, you know, a career in some lower divisions. He actually ended up playing in Scotland at one point towards the end of his career. He's 46 year, years old. He became president of the federation in 2018, and he has a reputation for being uh, an individual with who's who's quite feisty, who has quite a few sort of conflicts which have been generated throughout his tenure. For example, with La Liga, which is the elite league in in, in Spain, the, the institution of La Liga, he has a, a very difficult relationship with um, the president of, of La Liga. There seems to be this sort of constant battle between the two of them. Uh, but he also seems to have a lot of sort of little feuds running like that. Um, and he is a very controversial figure, partly because of... Um, the way he behaves, he's got this sort of brusque, defiant um, attitude um, that he uses in his public addresses, um, but also some of his actions as well. So, for example, he has been investigated for possible corruption with regard to Spain's staging of its Super Cup, um, which was held in Saudi Arabia, and that was seen as you know, extremely lucrative. But there were allegations that he and Gerard Piquet, a former player of Barcelona, had received um, some quite handsome commissions because of the fact it was hosted in Saudi Arabia. So that's one of the controversies that he's been facing. So he is no stranger to scandal and, and controversy. 
In his speech on Friday to the emergency meeting, he specifically said that he had sought and was granted permission to kiss Hermoso in that moment. Rubiales said that Hermoso, as she lined up on stage to collect her medal, was the one who lifted me in her arms and brought me close to her body. Then, he says, he asked if he could give her a small kiss and she said, vale. Un piquito. Y ella me dijo, vale. Or, okay. Guy, Looking at the video, is it possible that that's true? Well, it's very difficult to to, to accept that. Um, I mean, I think you could accept that maybe he he asked her if he could give her a kiss. That's possible because he was sort of talking to her and whispering in her. He whispered something in her ear. But looking at the video, it, it doesn't seem possible. She didn't seem to have time to respond in any way. So if he did ask her a question, she certainly didn't seem to respond. And actually, just in recent hours, another video has... Uh, emerged someone who, who was filming from the stands from behind from sort of behind Jenny Amoso's uh, point of view and that seems to back up her version of events at one point uh, Luis Rubiales I mean, he, he's so sort of ecstatic and leaping around on the stage at one point he seems to sort of jump up uh, in, sort of into Jenny Amoso's arms at one point it's a very sort of strange sort of physical performance and of course, I mean, the other subplot to all of this is that, you know, there was him grabbing his crutch in the stand when he was standing next to uh, Queen Leticia earlier on in the game as well, something which also caused a good deal of, uh, of controversy. So there was a feeling that the way he was behaving towards the end of that game um, was, was a little unusual, to say the least. And the, the general feeling is that it was very difficult for Jenny and Mossel to, to consent to anything in those circumstances. The reaction to his speech and everything he said at that Friday meeting by those attending, and they were mostly men, they were the, the, the Federation, um, they were cheering. They, they were cheering Rubiales. Um, and his supporters included the coach of the Spanish women's national team and the men's national team. Outside the room, what was the wider reaction to Rubiales' speech? Well, I think the feeling was that any support he had was pretty much confined to that room. And it was interesting to see, for example, that he'd put, you know, he brought his family along, he'd brought his daughters along to that meeting, had them sort of clapping along and so on. There, there was a feeling that it was the Federation almost against the rest of Spain, in a way. That, that was very much the feeling. And at, the, at that time, it looked as if the Federation did support him because of that clapping. Um, I mean, it was hard to tell if the whole room was clapping because... You know, there were people applauding the, the, the women's coach, Jorge Villa, of course, was, was applauding him. Um, it was hard to tell how enthusiastic it was and how uh, real the support was. But there was that applause, which was very much commented upon. But at that point, he had the government against him. He had Yenio Mosson and... The, the women's team, well, the whole women's team was starting to turn against him, a, a massive sort of reaction on social media against him. And it was also starting to go to go beyond Spain's borders as well. It all started with this uninvited kiss. The moment now known as Kissgate, a story that's getting uglier by the day. La Celette, Luis Rubiales. And that in Spain is always key because Spain is always so sensitive to what other countries say about it. So there was a feeling that it was not necessarily Rubiales against the world, but it was sort of the Spanish Federation and Rubiales against the world at that point. Now, Hermosa's reaction to the Friday night meeting and Rubiales' speech was, you know, it's pretty devastating. She, she released a long statement 
And she said it wasn't true that she had consented to the kiss. She said, I felt vulnerable and a victim of aggression, an impulsive act, sexist, out of place and without any type of consent from my part. In short, I wasn't respected. She also said she'd been put under pressure from the Football Federation to release a statement supporting Rubiales. That was the statement on Monday. There was also a letter from FootPro, that's the Players Association, that was signed by 81 players, including the entire World Cup winning squad, saying that they wouldn't play again as long as Rubiales remained in post. But again, at that point, you'd think that maybe Rubiales would have stepped down over the weekend. And again, that's not what happened. How did he and his football federation respond to Hermoso and the other players? He remained defiant. Um, I mean, it's hard to to separate really Rubiales from the federation at that point. Statements were being issued by the federation that completely supported Rubiales, saying that um, he he had done nothing wrong, that the kiss was consensual. Uh, The federation released... um, an extraordinary statement which gave a kind of breakdown of the kiss itself with photographs saying this shows um, he was in the right and Jenny Hermoso was was in the wrong. The accused, uh, there was a statement that accused Jenny Hermoso of lying about this. And so basically the Federation was was taking uh, Rubiales' line completely. It was backing him to the hilt on all of this and being very defiant, just as defiant, uh, the Federation was being just as defiant as he was at that time. Coming up, will Rubiales be able to hang on to his job? And is this Spain's Me Too moment? I continue my conversation with Guy Hedgeco. So on Saturday, FIFA suspended Rubiales from any involvement in football for 90 days. Spanish Federation responded that he would defend himself. The Federation also released and then deleted a statement which restated that Hermosa was lying and said that she had been abducted by the Players Association Footbro. So, is Rubiales' case that the Hermoso incident is being, I suppose, weaponized by forces that want him gone and that have wanted him gone for a long time? Well, I think there is an element of, of that in that you know, Luis Rubiales had put a lot of people's backs up. So this could be seen as a sort of, uh, perhaps as an excuse to get rid of him. But I think, I think more than that, I think it was just, it became so apparent early on in this crisis which way things were moving. And they were moving against Luis Rubiales very early on. And it really seemed that, you know, him resisting seemed a little bit futile um, in that, OK, he could say, I'm not going to step down, I'm not going to step down. But eventually, he would ha- either he would have to or he was going to be forcibly removed. Um, so I think that there was an ele- perhaps an element of people turning against him because they saw it as uh, or they saw him as someone they had a beef with. But I think it was more about the fact that they understood that there was no point in standing by Luis Rubiales at that point. So even people who'd been applauding him um, started to turn against him. So this week on Monday evening, there was an emergency meeting of the regional heads of the Spanish Football Association. And there was a unanimous call for Rubiales to resign. And I think probably tellingly, some of the same people who supported him on the Friday meeting had obviously changed their mind. Now, Rubiales is still still digging his heels in and, you know, that's where his heels remain in at the time of recording. Are those voters on Monday, do you think, driven less by a sudden realisation that he has done wrong 
Or are they more driven by the prospect of the 2030 World Cup, which Spain hopes to host with Portugal? The 2030 World Cup is is really crucial here. Um, but it also that feeds into this, this whole idea of Spain's international image. And I think, for example, on Saturday, when FIFA, football's world governing body, um, announced it was suspending um, Rubiales uh, provisionally as it's opened uh, disciplinary proceedings against him. I think that was a key development because that really made this even more of an international issue. And this was FIFA. This is the world football governing body that was taking this action against Spain. And Spain was, you know, Spain wants to present itself as a footballing superpower. Um, it's won a men's World Cup. It's just won a women's World Cup. It has, a, you know, an incredible prestige in terms of football. And I think there was a feeling that that was all being tarnished. And the World Cup, um, which Spain wants to host with, with uh, Portugal and Morocco in 2013, that's a big part of this. So I think there were very concrete worries about that. But I think there was just that broader worry that Spain's reputation was being utterly trashed by this crisis. And the longer this went on, and this is something that um, one of the government ministers said, is the longer that this issue goes on without us getting rid of Luis Rubiales, the worse this is going to be for our 2030 World Cup bid. We want to show all our support to Jennifer Hermosa and our World Cup champions, along with all the other sportswomen who are forced to take all the consequences of machoism that impregnates the world of sports. If you don't go, we'll make you go. Rubiales, resign. Look, of course, this is not just a story about an incident at a football final. This story is part of a broader story in Spain and around the world about women and men, about women's experience, how women believe men feel entitled to take what they want, either in terms of control or in terms of physical contact, and how women have had enough. Is there a feeling of this incident being a sort of final straw in Spain, a point where a line needs to be drawn against old-fashioned sexist attitudes? Yes, there is. I mean, Spain did, to a, a certain extent, experience the Me Too movement a few years back, but it wasn't the same as it was, for example, in the United States. Um, and there was a, a government minister did say a few days ago that this should be Spanish football's Me Too moment. He said that specifically. But I think it's gone beyond football. And a, a lot of, I think a lot of women feel that because there's been a lot of talk uh, on social media and elsewhere that this is, you know, the, the, the case with Rubiales, you could compare that to, many women might compare him to their boss or, you know, in their workplace. You know, he is a boss in the workplace, um, in, in Jenny and Mosso's uh, case, literally. So a lot of people have drawn that comparison and, say, and you know, one, someone the other day was saying there are too many Luis Rubialises in offices or in workplaces around Spain. We need to get rid of all of them. So I think there is a feeling there that this is a much broader uh, phenomenon. And I think it feeds into the changes that we've seen in Spain over the last four or five years. It has been a tremendous change in terms of the feminist movement has been really emboldened. Um, the Every year, the March the 8th International Women's Day, it's a really big deal in Spain. I mean, hundreds of thousands of women turn out in cities across Spain for that. Um, this government, um, led by socialist Pedro Sanchez, has made those sort of gender equality issues, sexual consent issues, a real priority um, of, its, of the, um, of the part, last parliament. So there's been quite a lot of legislation approved 
um, on those issues. In many cases, they've led to sort of quite big political battles with the right, in particular the far right. But nonetheless, these issues have been right at the centre of, of debate and public debate in, in, in Spain. And the interesting thing to see about over the last few days is that while all this has been happening, there hasn't really been a great deal of pushback from, for example, the far right against this. They haven't sort of come to the rescue of Luis Rubiales, as many people thought they might do. So the sense is that perhaps this is a tipping point, that there is a genuine consensus uh, on this particular issue, which reflects a broader uh, change in Spanish society. Where does the entire situation stand now, Guy? Well, the feeling is that Rubiales can't really stay in his position uh, much longer. The question is whether he, he just goes quietly or whether he is pushed out. The government has taken action to begin the process of removing him from office. So um, it's a process I think that would take longer than the government would like, but it has begun. So I think the likelihood is either that process goes through its course and he is essentially sacked, or this this pressure from the government, from the women's team, um, from broader Spanish society, from FIFA, um, the international pressure, all of that is simply... Uh, too much for him. And he says, all right, um, I will resign. But we haven't heard from him uh, since that defiant speech on Friday. So we don't know what he's thinking right now. Thanks very much, Guy. It's a pleasure, Bernice. That's it for today. For more Irish Times journalism, including Guy Hedgeco's reports from Spain, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by Declan Conlon. In the news, we'll be back on Friday.